This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I would like to welcome you to a special one-week series on the intersection of King Arthur and his roundtable and compliance. The month of August 2018 has been the anniversary of my 1,000th podcast. Over this month, I have been putting on special one-week series on the intersection of compliance and topics. We've taken a look at Sherlock Holmes. We've taken a look at Shakespeare. We've taken a look at ethical culture, and we've considered and we've considered the future of internal audit, analytics, and compliance. So, as part of this special series, I'm going to take a look at one of my favorite characters in literature, King Arthur, and how King Arthur can inform your compliance program. This special series, King Arthur, His Roundtable, and Compliance is a special series of the Compliance Podcast Network. Part 4, The Green Knight and Protection of Whistleblowers. We continue our exploration of Arthurian legends with one of the most interesting characters in the Arthurian canon, the Green Knight, so-called because his skin and clothes are green. The meaning of his greenness has long puzzled scholars since the discovery of the poem that identifies him as the green man, a vegetation being, in medieval art. A recollection of the figure from Celtic, Celtic mythology, a Christian symbol, or the devil himself. According to Wikipedia, C.S. Lewis has suggested the character was as vivid and concrete as any image in literature, and J.R.R. Tolkien called him the most difficult character to interpret in the introduction to his edition on Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. His major role in Arthurian literature includes being a judge and tester of knights, and as such, the other characters see him as friendly but terrifying and somewhat mysterious. In his primary story with Sir Gawain, the Green Knight arrives at Camelot during a Christmas feast, holding a bow of holly in one hand and a battle axe in the other. Despite disclaim of war, the knight issues a challenge. He will allow one man to strike him once with his axe, under the condition that he will return the blow the following year. At first, Arthur takes up the challenge, but Gawain takes his place and decapitates the Green Knight, who retrieves his head and tells Gawain to meet him at the Green Chapel at the stipulated time. One year later, while Gawain is traveling to meet the Green Knight, he stays at the castle of Belslac de Hot de Desert. At Belslac's castle, Gawain's loyalty and chastity is tested, as the Knight Castle owner sends his wife to seduce Gawain and arranges that they shall exchange their gains for each other's. On New Year's Day, the get Gawain meets the Green Knight and prepares to meet his fate, whereupon the Green Knight faints two blows and merely nicks him on the third. He reveals that he is Bill Salak and that Morgane Le Fay has given him the double identity to test Gawain and Arthur. I thought about this in the context of the protection of whistleblowers. That's obviously been something that's been on the mind of compliance officers, certainly this year. But I'd like to take you back to uh, earlier when, in the paradigm securities matter, a whistleblower, uh, an award was made to a whistleblower. In that award of $2.2 million, or rather the settlement of $2.2 million, 600000 of that amount was paid to the whistleblower for the paradigm's retaliation against him. 
This is the first award to, to a whistleblower specifically for retaliation from the act of whistleblowing. The award is 30% of the $2.2 million, which is the maximum a tipster can get under the SEC bounty program. The agency said unique hardships were faced, and that was a factor in the size of the award. Former SEC Enforcement Director Andrew, Andrew Ceresny was quoted as saying, We appreciate and recognize the sacrifice this whistleblower made and the important role the whistleblower played in the success of the SEC's first anti-retaliation action. This award capped a interesting time for those who brought forward information under this provision, the Dodd-Frank provision. Of course, there is the KBR pretaliation fine and cease and desist order. In this case, the company was fined for having language in its confidentiality agreement that required company employees to go to the legal department for releasing certain confidential information to outside parties, such as the Securities and Exchange Commission. This restricted uh, whistleblower access uh, by the SEC, and uh, KBR was fined for this, although, interestingly, there had been no documented cases of uh, KBR using such language to prevent or restrict any employees from whistleblowing. Also, uh, director, former director Ceresny said, by requiring its employees, that's KBR's employees, and former employees to sign confidentiality agreements imposing pre-notification requirements before contacting the SEC, KBR potentially discouraged employees from reporting securities violations to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Of course, there's also the case of Tony Menendez, who was profiled by Jesse Eisinger in an article entitled The Whistleblower's Tale, How an Accountant Took on Halliburton. The article is the story of a whistleblower who took his concerns to government regulators and was outed by his company as the SEC whistleblower and then retaliated against. Interestingly, the SEC took no action on the whistleblower claim, and the company argued on appeal that since the SEC hadn't brought any enforcement action, his complaint about uh, the accounting was unfounded. The company also claimed that simply because the whistleblower was identified by name, this alone was not the basis of material adverse action against him. Halliburton won at the administrative hearing level, yet lost at the Fifth Circuit. So now we have a Court of Appeals opinion holding that if whistleblowing was a contributing factor, uh, that's enough for the retaliation. Further, the employee is not required to prove motive. Well-known whistleblower expert and lawyer counsel Jordan Thomas has explained whistleblowers can be victims of retaliation even if they are ultimately proved wrong as long as they have a reasonable belief the company has done something wrong. Of course, all, this is, all of this is tempered by the 2018 U.S. Supreme Court decision in the Digital Realty Trust versus Summers case. In the unanimous 9-0 decision, the court made clear that only a person who reports actions to the SEC will benefit from the anti-retaliation and discrimination protections afforded under Dodd-Frank. The case involved Paul Summers, who was the vice president at Digital Realty Trust. He alleged he was dismissed after reporting suspected securities law violations to senior management of the company for which he was terminated. Summers brought suit in federal court for the wrongful termination and retaliation barred by Dodd-Frank. The court detailed the differences in whistleblower provisions between Dodd-Frank and Sarbanes-Oxley. Under Sarbanes-Oxley, 
An employee qualifies for protections if he or she provides information or assistance to either a federal regulatory or law enforcement agency, Congress, or any person with supervisory authority over that employee. However, a discrimination-related or retaliation-related suit or employee must seek redress by filing a complaint with within 180 days with the Secretary of Labor. If the Secretary of Labor does not respond, the whistleblower can file suit in federal court and obtain the remedies of reinstatement, back pay with interest, and any special damages sustained as a result of the discrimination among such damages. It now appears the SEC will be more like the Green Knight going forward. It will be a tester to determine if retaliation against whistleblowers has occurred. From preventing companies from trying to stop whistleblowers via confidentiality agreements to monetary awards for retaliation where there is no SEC or government action taken to the award to whistleblowers as a part of an SEC settlement for retaliation by their former employees. The SEC has made very clear that they will test how your company treats its whistleblowers. If the SEC finds your company's conduct lacking, you may be well facing something like the Green Knight going forward. This is Tom Fox. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of King Arthur, his roundtable, and compliance. And now a word about our sponsor, Converge 18, hosted by Conversant. As you know, this last year has publicly brought ethics to the center of business reputations worldwide. With the acceleration of the speak-up culture and organizational accountability that social media is enabling and amplifying, companies need to incorporate integrity into every level of their organization. Converge 18 is helping organizations to do just that through the ethical transformation of leadership. The goal of Converge 18 is to arm you with information, strategy, and tactics to transform your organization going forward. Listeners to this podcast will receive a 50% discount utilizing the discount code TOMFOXVIP. That's T-O-M-F-O-X-V-I-P, all uppercase. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This has been a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.